Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Amen. Thank you, choir. Had it not been for a place called Calvary, had it not been for a man called Jesus, had it not been for an old rugged cross, our souls would be eternally lost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We want to bring a message this morning in Philippians, the third chapter, verses 13 to 21, on the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ. If you want to read along with us, would you stand, please, as we read? Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 21. The Bible says, Brethren, I count not myself to be have or to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if in anything be ye otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, let us mind the same things. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and now told you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind the earthly things, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Father, bless your word this morning. Thank you for what we've already heard and seen. For this one who was baptized in Jesus' name. Bless him, Lord. Bless his family. Bless this church. And Lord, touch our hearts even now with what you would have us to hear from the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, we pray for your will to be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated. The cross of Christ. There are many who honor the Lord as a babe in the manger. You look at Christmas time and all the things that goes on. And the attention is on that little baby. Born in that manger. Over 2,000 years ago. At Christmas time, they sing songs of the nativity, away in a manger, silent night, the first Noel. But at Easter, they deny him on the cross. They don't care for the songs of redemption or commitment. Songs like, 
stand up, stand up for Jesus, onward Christian soldiers, or give of your best to the master, or all to Jesus I surrender. The world has a different story about the birth and the cross. They don't want to hear about the birth. They don't want to hear about the cross because it goes against their thinking, their upbringing a lot of times. But as we look, Paul had a clear vision of the grace and the glory of the cross of Christ. He also had a sight of the guilt and danger of those who are its enemies. And as we look at Paul, I'm sure it would bring tears to his eyes. And as we look today in our, from our own eyes, does it bring tears to our eyes when we see so many things going against the holy word of God? The Bible declares that it is a fearful thing to be an enemy of the greatest manifestation of the love of God the world has ever seen. Jesus dying on a cross. But had it not been for that cross, had it not been for Calvary, had it not been for Jesus Christ shedding his blood, where would we be? What would we be doing? But the Son of God, perfect, perfect example of love, perfect example of thoughtfulness, perfect example for us to follow. But there he was, hanging on a cross. But what about this time period? The cross of Christ stands for a divine sacrifice. Now we're going to be having positives and negatives this morning. Something I never or rarely ever do is have positives and negatives in the same sermon. But 1 John 4, 8 through 11 He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. The cross is a picture of love. God's love for a lost mankind. God's love for you and for me. Here is love indeed. And that started way back before the world was ever formed. But we see him coming as that little babe in the manger. Mary, his mother. Holy Spirit coming upon Mary. And the Son of God was born. But we also see 33 years later when he was there on that cross dying for you and for me. Love indeed was being shown to a lost and dying world. 
for everyone that would ever be born or ever will be born. He was showing that love for everyone. And in this, him going to the cross, it reveals God's own heart. Because the Bible says that God so loved the world, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, so loved the world that this was going to take place for you and for me and for the whole world. It reveals God's own heart because God's own heart is full of love. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John that God is love. What a wonderful God we have. But it also shows us the infinite sacrifice through the wonder of love. Would I allow or would I have allowed someone to nail me to that cross? It wouldn't have done anybody any good. My blood would have been shed for no purpose. I couldn't save anyone. But Jesus Christ can and will and has. And it's through that blood that our sins are washed away. Never to be remembered anymore by God the Father. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Never to be remembered anymore. What a wonderful Savior we have. But men will sink their all into a business, fame, or self i got to have this, so I'm going to work a little bit longer. I'm going to work a little bit harder so I can get this that I don't even need just so I can say that I have it. Isn't that the way the world is going? Isn't that the way our nation is going? they got to have this. they got to have that. we got to have it. Seeking pleasure, buying things things that's going to be destroyed when this world is destroyed. But God put his all in the transaction of the cross. Everything. He held nothing back, including his son. That's how much God loves a sinful world. And I'm so thankful that's how much God loved me. And God loves you. Oh, God put everything in the transaction of the cross. And there was no speculation. Will this do any good? Did he have a second thought? No, he did not. He knew that his son going to the cross was the only remedy for our salvation, for our forgiveness of our sins. And in this, God had a merciful expenditure of grace. You wonder why I love my amazing grace so much. God gave it all so that I could have that and experience that amazing grace. Oh, to be an enemy of the cross is to be an enemy of God's love. 
we have too much time on our hands. And when we do, we seek those pleasures. We go out and buy things. We got to have this. We got to have that. I guess I'm as guilty as the rest of you. But I also know that when you win someone to the Lord, you're talking about a happy heart. You talk about a happy soul. Worth a whole lot more than a brand new Cadillac. Now, if you drive a Cadillac, I'm sorry. (laughs) Whole lot more than a Cadillac. Whole lot more than a place at the beach or a place in the mountains. Whole lot more than a big bank account. That poor old beggar Lazarus laid at the gate of the rich man more. He was far richer than the rich man was, even though the rich man had everything he wanted. But the beggar Lazarus had something that he didn't have. He had Jesus Christ in his heart. And folks, that's what we all need today is Jesus Christ in our heart. But yet it was a divine sacrifice. Jesus gave himself. But the opposers of the cross live self-indulgent lives. Look at verse 19. Whose God is their belly. I'm not talking about the stomach per se. I'm talking about the heart, your, your emotions, your feelings. Whose God is their belly? Selfish attitude. That attitude is an enemy of the self-sacrificing spirit of the cross. Jesus gave himself for everyone. But we also see that The cross of Christ is the highest exhibition of self-denial. You remember what he prayed? Father, is there any other way? Sometimes I believe that the world is looking for that other way. I want to be saved, but I don't want to give myself totally to the Lord. I want the blessings that the Lord gives, but I don't want to give myself to working for the Lord, to giving what is rightfully His. Lord, I want all of that, but don't ask me to sacrifice. Jesus totally sacrificed Himself for you and for me. The highest exhibition of self-denial came through that cross and the Lord Jesus Christ and, yes, God the Father because God gave his Son. To be more concerned about the body than the spirit is loss for everyone. 
to be more concerned about the wood of the cross than the Christ on the cross is damnation for everyone. Christ died on that cross for each and every one of us. The Bible says that the carnal mind is enmity or against God. But the love of God is something that will change every one of our hearts. It will change every one of our lives. It will help us in everything that we do. We may not own a big Cadillac. We may own a moped. But if you're in God's will on that moped and you're out of God's will in that Cadillac, guess who's the richest? That little moped driver. Oh, the opposers of the cross live self-indulgent lives. But we also see that the cross of Christ stands for divine holiness. Romans 3, 23. I'd say most of you probably know this verse. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The intensity of God's hatred for sin could not be more expressed than by the death of his son on the cross. For all have sinned and come short. Jesus died for everyone. No matter race, no matter color, no matter where you've been or what you've done, Jesus died for everyone. But on that cross, his divine holiness proved his love for us. It also proved his compassion for a lost and dying world. We also see forgiveness from that cross. What was it he prayed? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Mary's little lamb, Christ's son, was the greatest sacrifice because it shows the greatest need. Our greatest need is forgiveness of our sins. And him dying on the cross shows the greatest sacrifice for the whole world. The love of God was shown to the world through that cross and the one dying on that cross. But we also see the second enemy in verse 19, whose glory is in their shame. 
You remember Sodom and Gomorrah? Giving themselves totally to sin. Oh, they thought they were up here. But God saw otherwise. The two angels went in to try to find somebody that was righteous. And all they found was Lot, his two daughters, and his wife. But on the way out, the wife was more concerned about the world and what she was leaving behind, so she turned to look. And you know the story. How many of today start out well? Well, I'll make a change. I'll do this or I won't do that. But somewhere along the line, they turned to look back where they came from. And it seems to be more inviting than where they're going, and so they go back. They don't stay on the road for glory. Jesus Christ is just another man, just another person who was good. But the love of God was cross-given. And we see that second enemy whose glory is in their shame. To glory in things that are shameful is devilish. Shows where your mind is, your heart is. To love sin is to hate the cross and the one who died on that cross. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we see the importance of the Holy Son of God dying on that cross for all mankind. Yes, the cross of Christ stands for divine holiness. But we also see that the cross of Christ stands for divine riches. Romans chapter 8. Verses 31 and 32. What shall we say then? Or what shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Divine riches. His death is a divine pledge that every needful blessing is within our reach. Jesus Christ said, I will give those blessings. My riches are your riches. And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ owns everything. Everything that we have is not ours. It's just on loan by the Lord Jesus Christ. 
to fulfill his purpose here on this earth. His treasure house is open. 2 Corinthians 8, verses 8 and 9. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He owns everything. But he gave that up for you and me. We were poor, had nothing. But Jesus Christ gave us everything, including eternal life, including the promise that one day we will be with him. Yes, he died on that cross, but it was for the purpose so that we could live through eternity. We are partakers of his own nature. For the Bible tells us, be ye holy, for I am holy. Through the Lord's help, through the inspiration of the spirit that he puts in our heart, through his energy, we can be ye holy. I didn't say perfect. None of us are perfect. But we can live just as close to Jesus Christ as we possibly can through the Holy Spirit's help that he gives to us. Make the kingdom of God your object and your pursuit. You'll never be sorry. Jesus said, follow me. Yes, those disciples... They left everything and followed the Lord. They didn't understand for a while. Many of them didn't even understand until after his death and resurrection and ascension back to glory. But Jesus said, follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. That soul that's saved you saw that this morning. Our brother who was baptized. He has more riches now than he'll ever think to gain otherwise because he has Christ as his Lord and Savior. I don't know who led him, James. Did you lead him to the Lord or somebody over here? I tell you, that's a crown, a reward for them. And won't it be great when we all get there and we bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and those rewards and crowns that we will win, that we'll bow down at his feet as it says in Revelation and put those at his feet because he is worthy. Divine riches that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to us. And so that's why I admonish you to make the kingdom of God the, ob the object of your pursuit in this world. All is promised in the cross and all may be claimed there because Jesus said it and he has offered it. 
But there's another enemy in that same verse who mind earthly things. This earth is beautiful. But it gets in our way in service to the Lord. Oh, God can use it for his glory if we don't let it come between us and God. There's beauty in this world. There's riches in this world. Nothing wrong with either one until it becomes between our service to the Lord and ourselves. Oh, we ignore spiritual things. Just have a good time. It'll all work out. People who do that have no portion of the cross until they come to know the one who died on that cross. I want to close this morning giving you an invitation to a wonderful Savior. I don't know whether I can get this out or not, but Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No tongue can bid me thence depart. What's bidding you to depart from Christ? What's bidding you to depart from his love, from his wonderful nature, from his saving grace? No part of the world will ever compare to having Christ as your Lord and Savior. What a wonderful Savior. The cross of Christ is the means of our salvation. Jesus Christ making it possible by his life being given for each and every one. Before the throne of God above, what will be our testimony? You know, there's going to be two judgments, one for the saved and one for the lost. I hope all of us will be at that first one where Jesus will say, enter in. 
But I hope none of you will ever be at that last one, that second one, where Jesus will say, depart from me. What a scary thought. What a frightening thought that anybody would be at that second one with no return, no peace, nothing to stand on. Yes, before the throne of God above, we will rejoice forevermore because of his love and because of the cross of Christ and what it means to Christians today. Thank you, Father, for your great love and mercy. Thank you for your son who came to the cross, who died for us so that we could have eternal life. Thank you. One day we're going to see you. We're going to see the nail prints in your hands and feet. Oh, what a wonderful Savior. We will see before the throne of God. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.